Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hey, y'all. Welcome to the Southern Belle of Beverly Hills. I am your host, Susan Pinkney, and you are listening to the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? This episode is titled Rodeo Drive Baby. If you are a child of a certain age, or actually probably everyone has seen Pretty Woman at some point, but there was a point in the movie where Julia Roberts' character reached out to her best friend with her huge dilemma of not knowing where she was gonna shop, and her friend delivers the perfect line, of course, and it was Rodeo Drive Baby, So that was always ingrained in my head and my heart that Rodeo Drive had a above par shopping experience. Prior to my introduction to Rodeo Drive, the biggest shopping deal experience I ever had was the grand opening of Lenhaven Mall in Virginia Beach, Virginia. We grew up shopping out of catalogs, which was our version of the online shopping experience. So every year there'd be a JCPenney, there'd be a Spiegel and a Sears catalog. They were literally the wish books. I realized that when I talk about shopping or a retail experience, I'm not talking about actual physical buying things and bringing them home. When I talk about a shopping experience, it's an all-encompassing intrinsic part of my life that started very early and has continued through the years. So for example, Lynnhaven Mall. I remember the day of the grand opening of Lynnhaven Mall. So my mom, my sister, and myself, as well as my aunt and all of her kids, we all got dressed as if we were going somewhere fancy. We walked perhaps two and a half, maybe three miles, not sure exactly what the distance was from where we lived to this mall grand opening. It was the traditional 80s, 90s mall that had certain anchor stores, including Montgomery Wards, Leggett's, which is a bulk store, uh, Tallheimer's, which was a May company, later became Hex. All of the, the stores that were fancy in our mind that were almost like window shopping for us then as well. It was one of those experiences where we wanted to see what was in the stores and It was kind of a glamorous experience for us as a family. I remember getting there and there were balloons and there were clowns and there was all types of like samples and people giving things away, news cameras, people that we had only previously seen on television up to that point. There were some local news anchor celebrities that my sister and I definitely admired. And I remember seeing one of them in the mall for the very first time and it was so life-changing to see her in person. As far as I was concerned at that point, it was the equivalent of seeing one of my favorite huge international celebrities in person. Uh, That's what it felt like. This day, I know for sure that My life changed. It sounds silly now, but it's true. The way I felt that day and the experience of being in the mall probably influenced me in ways that I could have never imagined. For example, that day we tried different samples, including samples from GNC, 
I remember trying a meatless chili and it literally blew my mind as a child. I was like, how is there no meat in here when I am tasting and feeling meat? There's meat in here. But I didn't know anything about soy. I didn't understand about vegetable-based meats. So all that was brand new to me. I remember having a little chocolate candy at the same GNC store. And he said, oh, no, 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 there's no chocolate. It's carob. My sister and I were like, what's the difference? It tastes like chocolate and it tastes good. We like it. There were so many little ways, things that I remember from all those years ago that have influenced me throughout my whole adult life. And that was the day that I tasted Chick-fil-A for the very first time. Don't sleep, okay? Up until that point, chicken had a particular taste. Chicken tasted like maybe what you would have gotten from your parents cooking, your grandma, your mom, whatever. And Chick-fil-A did something a little bit different with their batter, with the taste. And I remember going back for a second sample of the little Chick-fil-A and it was life-changing, just saying. So Lenhaven Mall became the place where I had my first real job. I had a work permit. I worked at a retail store in the mall. I think I might've only worked two days a week. I was a, a cheerleader at the time, so didn't have a whole lot of free time. To this day, I have a skirt that I remember felt like I paid a little too much for it. Y'all, it was $28. But I remember feeling like it was too much to spend. It was a midi length zebra print skirt that I still have and that I have with me in my closet here right now today. It's not always in style, but every so many years it comes back and I have kept it. And there's no reason for me not to keep it. So I will continue to keep it until the, the fabric is see-through or transparent. But I also remember it wasn't just me that was so enamored with this, this place, you know, that was brand new and smelled brand new and shiny and had all these delicious places in it like Cinnabon and Sparrow Pizza and all those good places. In addition to my sister working there, my best friend, she ended up working at the store directly next to my sister, which was a footlocker. She met her husband there. They, of course, you know, got married and are still happily ever after today. My sister's sister-in-law came to visit. My sister insisted that her sister-in-law get a job for her extended visit. She ended up working at a kiosk, Piercing Pagoda, and she met her husband also at the Foot Locker in the mall. So the mall represented more than just shopping for us. It represented our life. Our family worked there. Our friends worked there. People met their husbands there. It was just a part of our life. So when I refer to shopping or the retail experience, it's more than just buying something, purchasing it and taking it home. For me, it is the whole experience and what those stores represented. And even later in life, when I transitioned out of clothing and into jewelry, even working in jewelry, and meeting the people that came into those stores, some of those people became my friends. Some of my coworkers became my friends. Some of those people became lifelong confidants and pals and people that I, I experienced different parts of life with. And then the people that I knew from outside of the mall, the people that I you know, perhaps grew up with, went to school with, went to high school with, I had them as customers. So it was just a part of my DNA, a part of my life, a part of my experience. 
And that experience is not necessarily materialism. That experience was kind of bonding with friends and family. And that's how I have always seen and viewed and felt about the whole retail experience. You know, after all, thou shalt not covet. And as a good Christian girl from the South, I definitely did not covet. Although I did, you know, dream and save and buy those things that I wanted for myself. So having come from that experience, having my retail experience be that of a traditional mall that could theoretically exist in any city anywhere in the world, coming to a place that had Rodeo Drive was an experience in itself. When I landed, I immediately moved into an apartment that was one and a half blocks away from Rodeo Drive. So I landed and I moved into the thick of it. I was in the shopping district of Beverly Hills. That included restaurants, stores, shops, entertainment venues. That whole area became my playground. When I speak of Beverly Hills and Rodeo Drive, there were some adjacent streets that were close by that also were included in the shopping experience of Beverly Hills. So those adjacent streets were like Beverly Drive and Cannon and a few other places. So everything that you needed to live, survive, to experience life was all located right there in downtown. Beverly Hills. It became my backyard. It became where I entertained people when they came to visit me. I remember the very first place I took my cousin, Vince, who was a truck driver at the time. That was my go-to spot for whenever anyone was visiting. I lived in a tiny studio apartment, so I wasn't going to entertain people necessarily in my apartment. So bringing them to Rodeo Drive or bringing them to quote unquote, my backyard or my pool or my rooftop. (laughs) That was like my MO. That was what I did to entertain my friends and family when they came to visit. I remember when Vince and I had lunch at the Lux Hotel. We were sitting basically on the sidewalk of Rodeo watching all the cars go by, which were Lamborghinis and Ferraris and Bugattis and you name it. And by the way, I still don't necessarily know the difference between a Lamborghini and a Ferrari if there were no tags on it. Like if it was just the car, I don't know the difference. But I know how to spot them and say, okay, that's a very expensive car that you can probably buy a house out on the East Coast for the price of that car, at least I think. Anyway, the reason why I would always pick the Lux Hotel was because it was reasonably priced. The prices were similar or comparable to that of say, a Chili's or an Applebee's or one of those places that you might find in your local mall. For me, even though it was like this beautiful, glamorous, very modern looking hotel with a perfect location, perfect for people watching, you could sit, you can watch the cars go by, you can experience the beautiful California weather and California sunshine. And the prices were super cheap any time of day. But then if I had the schedule to be able to go during happy hour, the prices were even better. And they had different specials that were only available during happy hour. My cousin and I, sat and we ate and I remember he ordered a chopped salad, which chopped salads are everywhere now. You see them on menus, you know, across the US. However, at the time, chopped salads were kind of a Beverly Hills thing and it was kind of new. And I remember when he received his salad, he looked so hurt. 
his feelings were hurt and he looked at me and I remember he said, this looks like I can eat it with a spoon. Like he was so disappointed that it was so finely chopped. That was probably my bad for not telling him in advance. Okay, ask for it, you know, not chop so finely or or don't get a chopped salad or whatever. But he, of course, enjoyed it. It was delicious. It was just chopped very finely. And, but I remember the, the whole experience of being able to share that with my family, with someone who was also there at the grand opening of Lenaven Mall with me and having him experience it as well. When my dad and his wife came to visit, same thing. We also went to the Lux Hotel. My dad's a well-traveled man. He's been all over the world, but that was a, a new experience that I was able to show them and give them and you know, have them be able to go home and talk about. That whole Rodeo Drive became my playground. It was where I went for my walks. It was where I took my family as if it were an extension of my house, my backyard. There were a few places that would absolutely get used to you being there and they would roll out the welcome mat for you, invite you to use their pool. Like the montage was very friendly. And I remember feeling like the peninsula rooftop was my 4th of July spot. So every 4th of July, you could see, I believe, four or five fireworks displays, all from the roof of the peninsula in Beverly Hills. And you also could have uh, their prefix menu, which I would always choose the least expensive one, of course. But you could have their menu, which included items that were cooked on the grill there on the rooftop. And it really felt like a very high-end, very sophisticated, backyard barbecue on the roof. And that was one of the things that I look forward to every year. And I would invite, you know, different friends to come and hang out there with me and do the same thing. We didn't have to spend money to go grocery shopping and buy the items we need to cook out or find a place to cook out. It was just a place where you could go, be dressed very nicely and sit and hang out and watch the fireworks and eat traditional 4th of July backyard barbecue fare. So that was one of the things that I loved and looked forward to. I also enjoyed McCormick and Schmick's. Now, that was kind of my, I'm gonna say my everyday place. That They were the people who were like my, my caterers or my, my personal chefs. I would go during their happy hour and they had a $1.95 half pound cheeseburger and fries. It sounds ridiculous. It was a restaurant style prepared burger and fries for $1.95. I think it eventually did go up to like $2.95, but it started off at $1.95. And I would go there to have dinner on a regular basis. If I was not in a burger mood, which of course you can't eat burgers every day, or at least you shouldn't, I would have whatever else was on their menu. If I was not in a burger mood, I would have oysters or mussels or their fish tacos. And you knew in advance, um, unless there was something special like a holiday or some special meal, you knew in advance what their happy hour would be. You could always plan ahead. You could say, I'm going to McCormick and Smicks on Wednesday because I know that's the day I want to have my burger or I'm going on Thursday because that's the day I want to have my fish tacos. Far less expensive than any fast food would be and you had atmosphere. For me as a people watcher, (laughs) someone who just enjoys watching people, I feel like I'm some type of anthropologist. 
I study people. I watch how they interact with each other. I watch how they interact with strangers, people they know, the the servers, and I love it. I learned so much that way. For me, a people watcher, going to McCormick and Smicks was like heaven because it was all the people who worked in downtown, all the people who were coming to visit from around the world shopping. And they all kind of met in one little place and I could eat for very little. It was less than buying groceries. So that was definitely a place that I went to often. The Beverly Wilshire Hotel was another happy hour spot. They were not as inexpensive as the other places I found. The Beverly Wilshire Hotel was a Four Seasons Hotel and it also was made very famous from the Pretty Woman movie. But I would enjoy going to the Beverly Wilshire Hotel because they had entertainment. They always had some type of jazz band, jazz musician, singer, someone performing. So it was always some type of live performance. They usually did have some type of happy hour special. And of course, the people watching didn't hurt. Also, there was an Escada store inside of the Beverly Wilshire Hotel. And that was the place where I discovered that these jeans that felt exactly like jeans that I had purchased from Forever 21 looked exactly like jeans that I had purchased from Forever 21 were $800. The jeans at Escada were $800, but they looked and felt exactly like jeans that I had purchased from Forever 21 for $7.99. That was one of the places where I would love to go and get a good look at what they were selling, get a good look at what was on the mannequins, get a good look at what was in the windows, because I would take what I saw, of course, make it my own, and I would recreate those outfits using things that reminded me of what I saw. I would never intentionally try to like duplicate a look, try to get knockoffs or whatever. That's not my thing. I'm more of an inspired by girl just because. Although I do realize that Forever 21 is known for knocking things off. I'm just more of an inspired by girl. For example, my favorite line ever in Louis Vuitton, thou shalt not covet, but what I actually do covet at Louis Vuitton is the Suhali line. I think it's like, for some reason, it's just the most interesting and elegant looking line to me. Like it looks high quality. It looks like something that kings and queens should carry. Like it just looks so amazing and so elegant and so polished and professional. So that would be like a line that I would actually covet. However, I did find an inspo bag that gives me the feels of that. Michael Kors has a bag that has gold studs all around the front of it. I saw it at TJ Maxx in Virginia Beach, Virginia, and I bought that bag as well as a couple others. Um, as an inspo, not to try to copy or pretend or to make it something that it wasn't, Michael Kors is something on his own, you know, by himself. Obviously it's not the same price point, but it mean it's something on its own. But it was definitely an inspo bag that reminded me of the Suhali collection. So that's kind of how I do shop when I shop. Like I'm not gonna go into a store and buy something just because it has a particular name or a brand or something like that. That also reminds me of a time where my best friend in California and her husband came to visit. It was early Sunday morning. We had not eaten yet and he wanted to go to the Zegna suit store. Okay, great. I love walking. Let's go. Let's walk over. Let's see what they have. Let's 
take a look. Let's go window shopping. Let's do this. So we go to the store and her husband was immediately accosted. <laughs> and that's the one thing that I think that they do very well in all these luxury and high-end stores. There's a formula. And the formula is divide and conquer. So if you think that there's someone who may give objections to you purchasing something very expensive, they're going to try to separate you from the person who might give those objections. That's number one. Number two, they're going to distract the person that they're separating you from so that they can convince you to make that purchase. That's just the formula, that's just how it works. So on this particular Sunday morning when we went, they had all the makings of brunch. They had fruit, they had a few pastries, and they had uh, mimosas and just regular champagne. And when I say just regular champagne, like it was an actual very good brand um, or a couple brands, they asked us what we preferred. And we, my friend and I, she and I, decided to have a couple cocktails this early Sunday morning and have some fruit and pastries while they accosted her husband to try on suits. He started off very happy. They tried the first suit on him, took his measurements, did all that. Her husband started off so happy and so excited and he just had this really big smile on his face and he felt like something special was happening to him and for him and he was being pampered and he loved it. At some point, while we enjoyed our cocktails and our fruit and our pastries and the other breakfast items, his face turned to a distressed look, kind of like that of someone who was being kidnapped and holding up a sign saying, help me. He had that look. I noticed it. I'm not even the one who loves him, adores him, you know, would do anything for him, was his high school sweetheart. So I'm not even the one who should have noticed it, but I noticed it, she noticed it. We both turned and pretended not to see him, basically begging, pleading with his eyes, blinking twice for help. Neither of us wanted to acknowledge it because it would have ended our moment of, our moment of being pampered and enjoying ourselves. So we just let him try on a few more suits, we had a few more drinks. And then finally, after we had our fill, we turned and was like, okay, we should probably leave and rescued him from the sales guy. And I thought for sure that he was going to be so mad at us when we left because I think I might've been mad at them. And, and instead of him being mad for long, cause he was a little bit like, hey, you guys saw me, why didn't you help? But instead of him being mad for long, he had a, a great attitude. He just looked shook his head and he literally quoted Nicolas Cage's character from Family Man and said, wearing that suit actually made me feel like a better person. And we all just started crying laughing. I think me and his wife were laughing extremely hard because we didn't want him to be mad at us and we found out that he wasn't. So of course it was like a relief and it was funny. And for him, it was kind of like, yeah, okay, I see you guys, I forgive you, let's move on. That's kind of the formula of how they get you on Rodeo. But in order for them to get you, you have to put yourself in that situation, so. And then there's Mastro's, which is two streets over on Cannon. And that's another place where you can go for happy hour appetizers and people watching. When I landed, in downtown Beverly Hills, in my great little studio apartment that made me feel free, and I swear I heard the theme song to the hills every day when I woke up, I arrived without my car that was being transported. So I was kind of forced for those first few days to 
to explore my neighborhood. I mean, okay, hands tied behind my back, you're forcing me to do this. But I was forced to explore my, my own neighborhood and to figure out what I wanted to do and how I was going to do it. I mean, after all, I had left my professional sports job and moved across the country with no job and no perspective job. But I knew that all of my years of experience, even if it was just retail experience, and all of my years of experience working in professional sports in both marketing and licensing, I knew that there was going to be opportunities for me. And I was not afraid. I look back now and I think I should have been afraid. I should have been very afraid, but I trusted and I believed and I knew that I was supposed to do it. I had probably been in town for maybe three days. My car hadn't arrived yet. And during the time that I was exploring my city, I decided to go to Mr. Chow's one evening. (laughs) Okay, now you can judge me. I did not go to Mr. Chow's to eat. I went to Mr. Chow's to absolutely people watch. I have since learned that um, the little bar when you walk into Mr. Chow is not open to the public. However, I didn't know it at the time. So what I didn't know didn't hurt me. But I went into Mr. Chow that evening to people watch and to think and to come up with a plan of what was next, my plan of action of what I was going to do that Monday morning, who I was going to reach out to, what, what was I going to focus on, what I was going to make happen for myself. And when I went there that evening and went to the little bar uh, of where people hang out and stand while they're waiting to be seated or while they're waiting for their reservation to come up, I looked around the room and I saw Tisha Knight Pulliam from The Cosby Show, uh, Latoya Luckett, one of the original members of Destiny's Child, David Spade. I just looked around the room and it was just that very interesting kind of eclectic room to be in that evening while I was deciding the, the fate of my life. I also noticed that there was this girl sitting at the end of the bar. She had on this really cute outfit. So I said hello and told her that I liked her outfit. She and I began to talk and turned out that she was a sports girl as well. She was married to an NFL player and her sister was married to a baseball player. She understood the whole sports world. She was also an accountant by trade who was working as an office manager. When I found out that she was working as an office manager, I told her, okay, well, this is my story. You know, I have a sports background and, you know, this is what I've done. And I am currently looking for work. And she asked me if I felt like it would be something that I wanted to do to work for the production company that she worked for. She and I discussed the company for a while. And on that Saturday night in Mr. Chow's, my first weekend in town, I basically was hired for a production job Rodeo Drive and the downtown Beverly Hills shopping district became far more than just a retail experience for me. It became a part of my life. If you enjoyed this show, please rate and subscribe on iTunes. Find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcasts, as well as Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can find me personally at SUZQ90210, SuzyQ90210 on both Twitter and Instagram. And, and if you are interested in advertising, please don't hesitate to contact Believe at Believe.com. Thank you
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.